Hi and welcome to Be More Super the podcast. I'm Brian, your host, and I just wanted to welcome you back uh, for our return, returning listeners. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. We've had a great year and a half, two years since we started the podcast, and we've had some amazing guests. And these guests keep on coming, and this interview will definitely, definitely blow your socks off. And I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsors, which are Prop Store. Prop Store are based in LA and in London um, and they deal with props and costumes from your favourite movies and TV shows. So check out their website, PropStore.com. They do auctions throughout the year and they've got everything from every single TV and film that you you can ever think of. So check them out. Also, please, if you love this interview, check out our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is easy to find. Just put in be more super the podcast in the YouTube search. Give us a subscribe and enjoy the video version of this interview. So sit back, relax, get your popcorn ready and enjoy this week's episode. And remember, keep safe and stay super. Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. In action packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. They're the answer to Are We Alone in the Universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super the Podcast, I am super excited. Literally, I have watched this movie so many times with my little girls. Uh, they sing the songs um, and it never gets too old. It's been rewatched, I think, in the first weeks 180 million times, which is astonishing. And we've got Dolores from the show. Adessa, Adessa, welcome to the show, my love. Thank you for having me. And it's an absolute pleasure. And this is going to definitely give me some daddy points and make me even more famous at the school. So so I cannot wait to ask you some questions. So, so straight off the bat, you know, when you signed on to be Dolores, did you ever think that it was going to be this global phenomenon? Because it literally doesn't get old. It's still being rewatched and kids are still singing it today. I think this a phenomenon that is going to keep going for many, many years. It's really incredible what it's become. And it's because of the fans. It's because of the kids. It's because of everyone that feels identified with one character or another that they go, yeah, I'm the Luisa in my family. Like I'm carrying everybody on my shoulders or somebody that says, yeah, I, I completely identify with Mirabel and I don't know what my talents are, what my gifts are, but I'm here. <laughs> and or like Dolores, you know, just you're there to pass on the information and see how everything goes and try not to get in the way, but help out as best you can. And uh, this movie is what it is because of the people, because the mm. story really hits home. You know, there's not a real villain in this film, but within it, you, we find ourselves, we find forgiveness towards family members that we previously maybe have not made up with we found understanding and we found that secrets sometimes lead towards separation and alienation but if we all come from a place of truth it gets us further along than anything else can ever do and do you think that's why it resonates with adults as well as kids because obviously the kids absolutely love it but 
from an adult's point of view, it's just an awesome film. And I've got to admit, there were a few tears shed uh, throughout the film uh, from myself, which my kids thought was hilarious, but it's so well written. I mean, why do you think it's been so successful? I mean, what is the magic source of Encanto? I think one of the enchanting things of Encanto is the fact that it's written the way that real life is. It's not perfect, but it's mine, you know? (laughs) And it's written for a point of view that doesn't just happen to be fun for a two-year-old, but also relative to grandma, you know, Mm. to mom, to dad. It's, it hits many demographics. It hits many age groups. So you can laugh along with the two-year-old when you see the kids running around and you can cry with grandma when you finally see her revealing her deepest fears. Mm. I mean, obviously people know you as Dolores, but you have got a, an enormous catalogue of music. I mean, um, from working with Missy Elliott to Pitbull to Flo Rida to Snoop, I could literally go on for a week with all the awesome people you know, that you work with. So how does someone go from you know, uh, you know, that music, how did you get the role of Dolores? I would have to say it was a miracle (laughs) because even though I have a large body of work, I've never done acting, you know, I mean, in a video, I guess you can write a perspective and you can act it out, you know, when you're a musician, but from there to like, okay, let's take a script. Let's read some sides. Let's banter. I had never had that experience and I've had to thank, the amazing people in the casting department at Disney because one of them, her name is Grace Kim, which is the casting director's assistant, assistant to Jamie Sparrow Roberts, who has been the casting director for Ryan the Last Dragon, Frozen, Regular Ralph, I mean, Mean Girls, so many amazing films. And they were the ones that found me. So they saw my YouTube channel, saw a video of a song that I had, and they found the sound that I thought they were looking for, I guess. <laughs> and then they were the ones that contacted me through my YouTube channel and asked me if I would like to audition for the role of Dolores. Mm. And obviously, uh, you know, um, when you got the role, I was quite astonished to read the fact that you was in hospital, um, you know, suffering with compl- complications from COVID-19. So you audition and then you get the role. I mean, how, you know, what was that experience like? Because I think everyone's been through hard times over the last two years, but you, you, yourself, I don't think it gets harder than that. Now, when you have to face your kids and you see the end of your life. So to me... During the casting process, because at first I didn't know it was Encanto. They just told me they wanted me audition for an undisclosed film. By the time I went through the first set of auditions, that's when they revealed, hey, it's an Encanto. This is the movie that's about inspired in Colombia. And, and this is your character. And so I was on cloud nine, but I still hadn't gone through the last round, which is to meet the directors and to meet with, Lin-Manuel and meet with the producers so once I did that I thought you know this is Disney they can have anybody in the world and so after I finished my audition my callback 
I wasn't feeling so well. So yes, I went to the hospital to get it checked up. I thought I was pregnant. We have seven kids. So I thought, oh boy, here goes number eight. <laughs> um, but it wasn't that I was pregnant. And so as they were trying to search what, what it was, um, they gave me some medication to try to make my symptoms go down. That's when I start getting paralyzed. I couldn't speak. When the night before I was rapping, you know, satisfied from, you know, Hamilton. And mm. then I couldn't even say my name. I couldn't stand up when I drove myself to the hospital and I had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. So part of it was I felt like, well, I fulfilled that you know, kids dream when I was nine to work with Disney, even if it was just to be there with these producers and incredible directors and just have them hear my family story. So I was just trying to survive. I wrote my will. I hugged my kids and I just waited for death. I did not think that I would come out of it. You know, it was getting paralyzed sometimes when I was in the shower and my husband had to carry me out place me on the bed and we'd have to wait it out. We went to different hospitals to get different opinions of what was going on until we finally met with a neurologist and he told me with COVID, there's so many unknowns and there's no way for us to calculate how long you'll be symptomatic. We can run a spinal tap, run more tests to try to figure it out. And then I just said, no, I'd just rather go die at home. And during the time that I was home and trying to relearn how to walk and talk and I had to speak in very hushed tones to my kids just to communicate, that's when Jamie Spear Roberts herself called us to congratulate us for the part. And my husband said, you need to tell them you can't take this. You can't mm. even walk right now. And I told them, I told my husband, you call him back if I'm dead. I'm taking this. And so I mustered enough strength to say, thank you so much. When do I start? And then they said three weeks later, and we just put it in the hands of God. I believe that God saved me. And everything after that was just a dream come true, but it didn't come without a struggle, a very hard one. And I learned a huge lesson that, you know, a lot of people think maybe this isn't true. It's all fluff. They're just trying to blow it out of proportion. But for me that I lived it and I'm still learning how to be under mm. new circumstances, I'm just glad to be alive and be well again. Def definitely a miracle. And I've got to say this pandemic and, and COVID has definitely taught us, um, you know, to cherish the things closest to us and not to take things for granted because anything could happen um, but I'm really really pleased that you know you pulled pulled through uh, and you seven kids I mean how do you manage seven kids I've got two and a grown-up stepson and literally I've got an eight-year-old and a four-year-old four two girls I mean how do you manage those seven kids and what do they think of mommy being now a Dis Disney princess is that what you'd refer to yourself as you know, you make it happen. I think a lot of people nowadays believe that if you have kids, your life is over, your dreams are over, you belong to the children. And I'm here to say, no, there's time for both. 
maybe a little less sleep for the parents, but it can be done. Like you, I do have a blended family. So the eldest is uh, my stepson. And then I gave birth to the other six. And all seven of them require time, attention, and everything. But at the same time, I think what kind of a role model am I if I can't show them that it is possible to do all of it? And I just show them, yes, you just need to work a little smarter. You know, so there are things I do turn it down. And sometimes the things that I turn down is money. Because if I go, you know, my kids are having a recital, I can't get that moment back. That's a priceless moment to enjoy a birthday party or going out to the beach or just sitting down with my kids and listening to them talk to me about their weekend or the boyfriend or whatever it is they're going through, you know. So you make time and then you learn to say no. And no usually comes to money or an opportunity, but it can never override a moment. Mm. You know, that moment that you miss that ballet recital or just that moment to have a one-on-one time, a walk, a talk with them. So there are rules in place that my husband and I have put in. So I travel three weekends out of the month and then one full week I stay home. And during those other times, Mondays through Thursdays, I keep myself completely available for my kids. Unless like right now, my husband has kid duty right now, so I can be with you. (laughs) And then that's how we tag team. But we make sure that we never forget why we do anything. Am I doing this to become famous? Or am I doing this to give my family a better life? So... If I'm not paying attention to the family, no amount of money will satisfy the reason. And Mm. for me, my why, my reason is to have a comfortable family life. And what do they think of you being Dolores and being a Disney princess? Okay, they love it. And sometimes it's like, okay, we're at, the other day we were at Publix, which is, you know, we'll go shopping for food. And then they see a friend and they're like, oh! mom do the thing and i'm like right here like in the toilet paper aisle we're gonna okay i guess we're gonna do the thing and then i'm just way about i can only hear him sort of muttering and mumbling i associate him with the sound of falling sand and i'm like okay grab the toilet paper now (laughs) (laughs) i bet you get invited to so many parties though so many kids kids parties they're like yeah invite her invite her but talking about the music uh, the music is obviously written by lin-manuel miranda which he's a lyrical genius that man must be out of this world um, what is he like to work with? Because he literally has got the Midas touch with everything he does. He's absolutely incredible. And I think that what makes him as humble and wonderful as he is, is because he lived a different life. It wasn't like, I'm Lima Miranda, I'm great. I'm going to graduate high school and straight to Broadway. I mean, he was a substitute teacher. He lived a normal life. He knew what it was to have a dream and may or may not come true. And he knows what it is to invest everything into it. So when you get to know him now as a genius that he is, he never forgets where he came from. So he's so genuine. You talk to him and it's like, he's your best friend forever. And yet he is Lin-Manuel Miranda. So you have that respect that you're like, I'm, talking to one of the greatest people, one of the ones that has made Latinos 
be seen, be heard, and to really break the boundaries of what is possible and make that a possibility for all of us. You know, now kids can look at this film and say, I can be an actor. I can do this. I can see myself now when they used to not see mm. themselves, in, especially in a principal. So when you meet the man, it's like, you are so down to earth. He's like, hey, how are you? It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, we haven't seen you. It's like you were cousins or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It comes, it comes across literally like the man next door that just seems so calm and collective. I mean, um, the next question is actually from my daughter, Lois. Uh, she's, oh. she's eight years old and she wanted to know what's been your favorite thing about playing Dolores? Oh, my goodness. My favorite thing is meeting all the kids around the world. Because when I go up to them and I say, the only one who married, uh, the only one worried about the magic is you and the rats talking in the walls. Oh, and Lisa, I heard her eye twitching all night. <laughs> you know, that's beautiful. It's so much fun to see, you know, react to it. And how on earth can you sing so quickly? Because, you know, lis listening to how you sing and, and, and lyrically, you know, how difficult is that? Because I, I, I'm just astonished on, on how you sort of, sort of sing and rap so quickly. I mean, is that just years of work? I mean, does that come naturally? Well, I did rap since I was a little girl. So that has been what I dedicated 25 years of my life to. So it comes second nature. Now with Lin Manuel Miranda, he had a very specific vision about what he wanted. And so when I did the audition, it was with, um, let me take this AirPod out because sometimes with the delay. Oh. Yes? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, great. So here we go. Oh, no, no. Feels like no, to it's... match wits with someone at your level. What the hell is a catch? It's the feeling of freedom of seeing the light. It's been freaking with the key and the kite. You see it right. That is the rap that I auditioned with. And then I didn't know that what he was looking for was that girl to live in fear, but no stuttering and stumbling. I can always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling. I associate him with the sound of falling sand. It's a happy lip with the gift so humbling. Always left the boy and the family fumbling, grappling with prophecies they couldn't understand. Do you understand? He has such a distinctive way. I knew I could do it because I could keep up with that pace. Mm. <laughs> well, he's pretty intense. He's incredible. <laughs> and obviously, you know, I've noticed the cast uh, from interviews have said that when they were recording their parts for the film, it was all remotely. I mean, I mean, were you recording remotely as well? And what's your favorite memory of actually working on the movie? I was. I was here in my studio in Nashville, Tennessee. So you're actually here in my room. This is where I'm going to lift this so you can see it. Oh, wow. There's a recording booth right there. Let's see if I can get that in the angle. And then in this room has a whole setup here inside of our home. But it did take quite a little bit to get assessments and security approved and everything. Um, one of my most memorable moments was when my daughter uh, got to be part of the film. Her name is Elisabella, and she got cast. So you can tell Lois, when she was eight years old into this film, 
And she's one of the kids that runs around, the one that says, um, she was about to tell us about our super awesome gift, you know? Aww. She's the screaming one in there. Uh, she was acting like a boss. Like, she was like, hey, Yvette, how are you? I love your cats. <laughs> she was so down to earth and everything when I was like sweating over here as a mom. Another moment was when Lin-Manuel popped into the screen and it was my first time working with him when it was a time for the rap. And just kind of like I closed my eyes and I was like, okay, I hear what you did with it, but hear me out. I don't think she should sing an octave higher. I think she should do it an octave lower. And he was so open to listening. And that's what ends up being in the film. Instead of going, good to live in fears, you know, I mm. went, good to live in fear. So awesome. that, uh, I guess he said yes, because I'm still here. <laughs> and and I've got another question from a little girl called Hannah, who's five. Um, she wants to know, did you enjoy singing in Encanto? Which I'm guessing the answer. Absolutely, yes. It will go down in history of my life as one of the most dramatic and beautiful moments ever because I was able to experience the joy, the fun, and even though it was at a distance, once we finally met each other in LA, it was like we were always family. And hearing our voices together, so lovely. Every piece of music is a jewel in this film, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. And I will keep singing all of these songs until people are sick of it. <laughs> and talking about singing all these songs, um, like what Coco did with the concert, is there any plans on an Encanto concert to celebrate, you know, Colombian music and and everything about the movie? I know right now there is a band that is going on tour that they play the music and then they show the video. Now, as to all of us getting together and doing it as a cast, I gotta say, there is some talks and that's why they don't tell me things because they know I tell. <laughs> but yes, soon you will see. And yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, you know what, I cannot wait. I can't say when, but I I'm just saying, keep your eyes on Disney+. Plus. Oh, that's awesome. And I cannot wait. And when I saw you in the Oscars, was awesome to watch. I was a bit gutted that we didn't hear the full song in its full glory, but I can understand, obviously, it's the Oscars are going to re re remix it. I mean, what was that experience like actually performing on the Oscars? Because it's one of the biggest events, you know, yearly for the movie industry. It was lovely to be together after a couple of years, you know, to actually be tangible people mm. and at the oscars there were so many great people there i know i saw brad pitt obviously um everything that happened and went down because i was actually standing in my position for the performance right in front of will smith and jada and right across from john travolta so yeah it was a pretty star-studded event and it was surreal. It was lovely to have been given the opportunity that even though we don't talk about Bruno wasn't nominated, it still got some light during the Oscars. Now, we didn't know what we were going to do. 
until we got there for the practice and we weren't allowed to obviously say anything but for me that I've done so many great things I was just happy to be included and be there but I did feel sad for all of the kids which were really expecting to hear we don't talk about Bruno for the mm -hmm. first time ever you know by the cast and uh even Camilo Renzi Felice who plays Camilo he wasn't even on stage with us who is part of the song mm. but you know we're not the ones that dictate what happened there we had a great time we shared a wonderful moment and then for american idol we were asked to perform the song and they really did an amazing job and the contestants during that moment sang amazingly so that was really fun because they even had the digitalized version of the casita but Oscars was also a wonderful opportunity for other people to listen to the song, even if it was a different version. Mm. I mean, did you get to, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I normally ask my guests, do you keep anything from any of the the shows or films you've been in? So it's quite difficult as it's an animated. Have you kept anything from from any like rap uh, gifts or or any gifts from the actual studios to say thank you? Oh, yes. I actually have a framed picture from the animator who animated my character. One of the ones, the first ones who ever did my character hand drew a picture for me of Dolores and signed it. Mm. So it's like beautiful. It's on my wall. And then I have the Encanto book. And they gave us a picture of all of us together at the premiere in Los Angeles and a lot of other wonderful gifts that have given me along the way. And I keep them all. And then I also keep <laughs> the gifts that I'm given by the fans because they matter so much to me. One of them did my first ever Dolores doll because there isn't one that mm. is like bigger than the one in the set for Walmart. You know, it's just like this big. Um, and she did a, a full doll that she made with her own hands another one did like a blanket i've received so many pieces of art and i keep everything yeah the fans are actually fantastic and i've got to say you know your commitment to to them is incredible from your social media when you go to conventions have you got any plans on maybe crossing the pond to come to the uk because jessica darrow did her first convention not that long ago and she really enjoyed enjoyed it. It was her first one, and she was absolutely lines out the Ooh. door. I would love to. If I got an eye invite, I would completely be there like yesterday. I absolutely would. And I love doing the songs live, too. So even here in the United States, and I was also on tour in Canada just a couple weeks ago, I love to sing the Encanto songs live. So I do some of my own music and some Colombian favorites and I add in there some of that Encanto music because I, I really do enjoy it. And I love going to Comic-Cons. That's something that I started doing this year and I'm blown away. It's such a different way to connect with the audience. So if I get an invite to go to the UK, I'm all there. There we go to all the uh, Comic-Con organizers. And what I really like is that you actually put the outfit on as well, which I think is just magical because I do. kids must go I crazy. I love it. <laughs> and so it what's... brings it to life for the kids. It does. And I've got to say, nothing warms my heart more than seeing my, my girls singing along and looking at the screen in just awe. And for me, 
you know being a parent it's all about happiness and what i like what disney are doing they're getting more in touch with representation you know of different yes. cultures and and different backgrounds uh, because obviously the only way we're going to change this world is by our kids is by educating them and making them realize that you know there are different cultures different backgrounds and we shouldn't see them diff differently we're one race at the end of the day we're human you know so it's really nice to see their hearts and and it's just fantastic it's so magical it really really is um so what i wanted to ask just before we wrap this up is what what's next for you are you working on more music um and how is your tiktok account because i saw the social media around your tick tiktok account i mean that is shocking it really is i'm working on more music and i'm working on a concept that's so much fun. I'm uh, doing the Adasa tours as Dolores, and that's very Latin-influenced show, and that's the one that I'm touring for the rest of the year. And I also have my American record that is coming out under the name Black, which is the combination of my husband's production skills and my vocal skills, and they kind of come together. And so that's my artistic name. Uh, when it comes to just all things American, it's Naomi Black. And so I'm uh, coming up with that record as well as continuing on with more work in film and TV. So I'm really excited about all the upcoming projects. But I'm really, really stoked to continue going on Comic Cons and traveling the world, just meeting Encanto fans and spending that time with them and answering their questions and taking pictures and just getting to know them. And, share, and now, sharing the love. On yes. another note, TikTok. Mm -hmm. Somebody hacked my account, and I guess TikTok should hire that hacker because even TikTok has not been able to recuperate everything. So I lost about 9 million likes that I had on that channel. So even though you see that the videos still have the hearts, they don't show up on my top page. And I guess no matter what I do, TikTok hasn't been able to recoup that. So that was a hard hit because at first they deleted everything. And then TikTok did, you know, took a few days to recoup my account. But it hit me hard. And then I go, dang it, I guess you really become a star when people care enough to delete your account. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is that is very true, and I'm just shocked that did did someone get in contact with with, with you to try and offer to fix it, and they seemed a bit. I luckily had a contact um, because I did join TikTok when the movie came out and everything, so I had somebody that had done a few live events that was my contact in TikTok, and so they kind of helped me. But through the system of TikTok itself, they've kind of just been like, oh, I guess that's mm -hmm. all we can do. And I'm like, wow, they could sh totally, totally hire that guy because he knew what he was doing even more than a lot of the people there. But I guess I I'm still crossing my fingers, still putting in, <laughs> you know, more requests to please check into my account. But I'm just happy that some of the faces there, especially the fans that had, mm -hmm. I had some great moments with fans and I had some artwork and things like that and just talking to them and i didn't want to lose all of that amazing you know essence in in this and so they were able to recruit um most of it not all of it but like probably like 65 percent mm. but anyways you know you i've come from the dead i almost so i'm like come back this and then it's up to the fans you know they like what i'm doing and they show up to the lives then 
you know, maybe in a year or so, maybe we'll get those numbers back up. But I'm here for them. And you and you've got plenty plenty of time, and I'm sure that the fans will get you back up there. And um, yeah, this hacker is obviously either lonely or obviously needs more purpose in life. So maybe he needs to watch Encanto and be be enhanced. So he needs needs to do that. Yeah. No, Adassa, you've been an absolute glorious guest. It's been a great, great opportunity to get you on. And I know my girls uh, will absolutely love watching this as well as all their classmates. But keep safe and stay super. And I look forward to this uh, this concert maybe on Disney Plus in the very near future with Encanto. So uh, keep my fing- <laughs> keep my fingers crossed. Thank you. And thank you for giving your time as well and for everyone listening it it doesn't matter how impossible a dream may seem as long as we're walking the steps towards achieving it doors and windows will open and as you're walking you'll find those crumbs that will lead you to where you need to go don't worry so much about the success tied to that let's say image of your reality focus on how fun it is to be on that journey and you will be successful every step of the way and then if one day you do have the success that you were hoping for then you'll be like cool i enjoyed the whole journey never give up on your dreams and always believe that anything is possible if you're willing to put in the work and take the first step You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. In my world, it means hope.